are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is another day after the bye week for the Sun Devils, and we are just raring to go for this upcoming game against Washington State. In today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about some general news, some injury updates, and then some Herm Edwards quotes. Then we're going to get into our first segment about Sun Devil basketball this season. Season is just right around the corner, and they play their first game next week. So each week, and most days, we're going to be including some Sun Devil basketball content for you as well. And then last, we're going to start to break down some draft talk. We talked a little bit about Jaden Daniels and his stock, at least going into the draft, if he declared. Uh, we're going to be talking about quite a few other Sun Devils that are seniors going into the draft, potentially. But thanks for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platfo- platforms. Uh, remember where you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. And remember to follow our Locked on at, sorry, the Locked on Sun Devils page at LO underscore Sun Devils. Uh, never miss an episode. Subscribe to our podcast on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever else you get your podcasts. Richie, I am obligated to ask you. How are you doing today on this fine Tuesday afternoon? I am good. I had parent-teacher conferences today. I have parent-teacher conferences again tomorrow. But the good news is tomorrow and the rest of the week are half days. So nice short day after I get through parent-teacher conferences tomorrow. That means I'm done Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 1 o'clock. So feeling pretty good, like I should. Feeling blessed. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. That's okay. I'm sure our listeners do. So with that, let's start to break down the first segment for today. Uh, Just some general news. Uh, Sun Devils definitely spent the bye week getting a little bit healthier. Uh, Evan Fields has been missing a little bit of time. Same thing with Chase Lucas and Johnny Wilson. All, uh, I shouldn't say all. Evan Fields will be a game time decision, but Johnny Wilson and Chase Lucas are expected to be back, uh, which will be a nice addition back for the Sun Devils squad, Um, especially for, for any of the receivers like Johnny Wilson. While he may not have made... Uh, the biggest impact, especially recently, you just you want all the weapons in there for Jaden Daniels, right? But obviously, Chase Lucas is the biggest piece. Uh, Evan Fields is nice is going to be nice to have back in that secondary, but having Jack Jones and Chase Lucas uh, just side by side on the outside uh, it is going to be dominant most weeks. Yeah, so it doesn't feel like Lucas has been a hundred percent for the entirety of the season. So if Lucas is close to a hundred percent, if he's ninety percent, which that feels like it's been best case scenario for the majority of the season that he's played. If he is 90%, the secondary is going to continue to not miss a beat. If he's 100%, look out, because Lucas is legit, Jack Jones is legit, and the rest of the secondary has stepped up while there have been injuries and just overall, yeah, just injuries mainly. But you've had guys who have stepped into larger roles and really flourished in them. So having a healthy Chase Lucas, that's a big time difference maker, not just for his secondary, but for this whole defense. You just want to see the, the defense pull, right? Like you don't want to, you don't want to worry about the injuries or at least what you could have had if Chase Lucas, for example, would have played a game. But like, I, I feel like far too often, no matter what level of football that you're talking about, having a great pass rush can help make up for a bad secondary and, and potentially vice versa, right? You talk about actual sacks, the defensive line or potentially linebackers get, but then you also talk about coverage sacks, when that secondary is just so darn good that it gives the defensive line time to get to the quarterback. 
this defense just complements each other so well. I, I think the fact that the defensive line is playing so well in terms of sacks and pressures, uh, and then also having the dominant secondary that we do, pick your poison, man. Like, you, you can either try to, to run up against us uh, or um, try to, like, pass against our secondary. It's just most weeks it's not going to happen. Uh, we've been the best defense in the Pac-12. Uh, easily one of the best teams in both the pass and the run. And altogether, you can't point for, to really another defense uh, that's playing as well as us. Nope, they're playing very complete football. You wouldn't know that they're missing one of their top defenders, at, at least at 100% level. But it's a it's a timeless debate. Would you rather have a secondary that manufactures a pass rush, or would you rather have a pass rush that forces quarterbacks into bad decisions for the secondary? Thankfully for Arizona State, they have both. They have a great secondary, and they have a great pass rush, so we never have to wonder which is better than the other. So with Lucas hopefully back to 100%, potentially the return of Evan Fields, and then continuing to have those guys behind them remain consistent and great depth value, yeah, this defense is only going to get better. Their best games might be ahead of them, especially when you factor in the fact that they're going to be pissed going into this week. They're going to be very angry after the way they blew the game against Utah in the second half. They're going to be looking at this Wazoo team, and they're going to be like, yeah, you thought that loss was bad? Oh, man, just wait till you come to Tempe. It, it's, there, there's, uh, there's blood in the water. It, it's nothing personal to Wazoo. It has everything to do with the fact that Arizona State has a vendetta against the Pac-12 right now. Richie, yesterday in Herm Edwards' press conference, he, he said some things. Things that we've talked about before in this podcast, and i got to at least give the man credit. He's never shied away from criticism. He's not trying to hide anything. But at the same time, we got to see adjustments. He talked about penalties. Have we ever talked about penalties in this podcast before? I don't believe so, but maybe we should we make should it a start weekly thing after like just about every game. Potentially, we can have a conversation. So he was quoted saying that dialogue. That that's a quote. We can start a dialogue. We can start some dialogue about it. I don't. I don't. No one's ever going to say like. It, we might have even quoted some of this podcast before, but like Herm Edwards is one of those guys who can forget. Well, help me out. It, it's the saying of like, he can forget more than I can ever learn, right? Yeah, Herm will forget more about football than I will ever learn. So he was talking about how these kids generally understand that like, you can't, there is no play for third and 20, right? It, it just doesn't happen consistently. So I, I know he knows what he's talking about. I know he's trying to get that point across to his team. But he, he feels just so nonchalant about it. Like, the kids know it, it's going to go away, but I'm just not sure that's going to happen. So, uh, unfortunately, it almost feels like a taboo topic to even bring up to Herm Edwards. But, again, not shying away from the criticism. He, he knows it needs to get fixed or they're just not going to go very far this season. Uh, but there is no play for third and 20. It's just what absolutely stuck out to me. Any time that situation is going to come up where they back themselves into a hole, that's all I'm going to be thinking about the rest of the season. Yeah, the the one positive that you take with Herm Edwards every single week is that these kids will run through a wall for him. I'll run through the wall for him, and I've never even met him. Yeah, dude, he's just one of those guys, you gravitate to him. You wouldn't call him a player's coach, because he's not, he's not someone who's buddy-buddy with the guys. What he is, is he's an instrumental leader. Everyone gravitates to him, everyone buys into what he's throwing out. So, what I will tell you is these penalties are things that need to get fixed, and I have no doubt that Herm is doing everything in his power to get it fixed. I I couldn't tell you why it hasn't been fixed. 
But what I can tell you is there's not a doubt in my mind that Herm isn't in the face and up the you-know-whats of every one of these players, letting them know that this will not fly. There's not a doubt in my mind. And if there was a guy to get it fixed, it would be Herm. But again, Herm, I love you. I know you're listening to the podcast. but Front of the pod. Front of the pod, Herm Edwards, because we know he listens to us. But Herm, here's us asking you, have you fixed those penalties? We're, we're really hoping. And just a little humble brag. And for anyone who actually does care, me and Connor will be in attendance for the game this Saturday. We'll probably not do some tailgating, but we'll be hitting up Mill Avenue for like a a good restaurant or something like that. I know there's a couple really good Mexican spots down there that will be serving plenty of great chips and dip for me and Connor to devour while we wait for the game to kick off. So come and say hi, which you probably won't because you don't know who we are, but just in case you do come and say hi. So just some general updates as far as this week. Um, So a a couple players potentially coming back from injury, which would be nice to have. Uh, stick with us for our next segment. We're going to be talking about Bobby Hurley. Should he stay or should he go? And that's all going to be decided by the end of the season. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics. It's Richie Bradshaw once again here to talk to you about Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I, I love this. Love it. And I know you're going to love it too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football props than anyone in the world to include the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even ever heard of. PricePix offer also offers any prop that you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even the interception thrown. Check this out. I got an awesome deal for you guys. For all new users that make a deposit up to $100, use the promo code LOCKEDON and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to that $100. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. The best part, it's just you versus the projected numbers. PricePix also offers mixed sports entry, so you can take the over on LeBron James, combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Also, PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com. Remember to use that promo code locked on or go to the app store and download the app today. Price picks. Daily fantasy made easy. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of Mason models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions at the counter and wait while the person behind you orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry? You have computers with the access to rockauto.com, at home, and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're back with our second segment of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast for a Tuesday edition. We're going to be breaking down Bobby Hurley and kind of just his state with the team. This is our first segment talking about the Sun Devils basketball team. Uh, They do play their first game coming up next week. I, I think depending on the fan that you talk to, there's some people where Bobby Hurley has just run their course with them and others that are still willing to give him a shot. 
Richie, I don't know about you, but I feel like I can remember easily in the last couple of years that there's been times where they need to extend Bobby Hurley. Like someone's going to come after him. A big school is going to come grab him, and they're just they're going to lose out on Bobby Hurley. And with especially last year, but I mean, it just feels like they've had their opportunities, and Bobby Hurley just hasn't gotten them over the edge. And getting over the edge is not uh, winning a national title. While that would be great, that's that's just it's not it's not easy to do, especially for a, a team like ASU or even the Pac-12. You just you generally want to see progress, but. Uh, Richie, I don't know if, if you've ever heard, like, any friends, parents, like, people who have talked about Bobby Hurley, like, either being totally sick of him or absolutely wanting to extend him. Uh, do you remember, like, in the last couple of years, all that kind of talk going back and forth with Bobby? Yeah, absolutely. So, go back a few years ago, and forgive me, I can't I can't remember who the team was to say in my life. I want to say it was Kentucky had a head coach opening, and everyone and their mother was linking Bobby Hurley to go, it, it was Kentucky or it was North Carolina. It was one of the two. I can't remember to save my life. But either way, it it was a pristine, blue-blood college basketball program. Yeah, it was like 2018-2019, which was uh, Bobby Hurley's best uh, season with the Sun Devils, where he went 23-11. and And there was just a a whole big thing about, wow, the Sun Devils really need to lock up Bobby Hurley for long, uh, or at least for the long term. Otherwise, he's going to jump ship and go somewhere else. Yeah, it it was just – it was a whole shebang that – the sorry, stumbling on my words, that the Sun Devils needed to keep Hurley around because Hurley was finally turning the corner with this program that we hadn't seen in, man, almost 10 years. Because before that, I'm looking right in front of me, uh, 2008-2009 season, they were 25-10 and 10 on the year. They finished in the poll at 19. They lost in the second round of the March Madness bracket. And since that season... They've only been to the to the tournament three times, and only and one of those seasons they lost in the first four, where they didn't actually make the round of sixty-four. Both with Bobby Hurley, they went back-to-back seasons, but it was more of a participation thing, right? So the first year that they went, they lost uh, in that uh, essentially that little small play-in tournament where they didn't even technically make it. Uh, and in the following season, they made the tournament and they got bounced in the first round. So I. I I don't necessarily, I, we don't want to make change for the sake of making change. So it's not so much that Bobby Hurley just has to go. It, it's just, in the last couple of years when you've had probably as much talent as the program's had in, in such a long time and you fall flat on your face, I'm just not quite sure what has to change. And it's it's easier to kind of get rid of the coach and recruit some different kids than it is to, and this is, this is a little bit different than like professional sports where you can just fire everybody, right, and, and bring in new players or, or the team or whatever. But you're dealing with kids and scholarships, so it's a little bit different, but Bobby Hurley, in his tenure with the Sun Devils, he's uh, he's got 104 wins, 83 losses, which is good for uh, a little bit over essentially half his games that he's won. He's had some accomplishments in his season. Making the tournament, depending on your program, is an accomplishment. And unfortunately, I think for a lot of Sun Devil basketball fans, that is an accomplishment. You just you obviously like to see them win a game or two and make some noise before getting knocked out. Uh, but he also beat number one in Kansas. And I remember that, I want to say that was like 2018 or 19 as well. Uh, I think I was still in college at the time, and whenever that happened, I think our big friend group, like, we were going crazy. I was texting family members, like, I can't believe that just happened. Like, this team's going places. And then they didn't. They got kicked out in the first round, if that's the same year, if I'm remembering correctly. So, for Bobby Hurley, this is going to be a make-it-or-break-it year for sure. And it can't just be a, well, okay, we're, we're potentially good enough to make the tournament, or maybe they do and they get kicked out in the first round. I'm not... Sure, we can tolerate that. 
I, I just don't think we can. I think this has to be his best season yet, and they have to go win at least one game in the NCAA tournament in order for them, or at least to, to keep Bobby Hurley around a, a little bit longer. I'm not sure what his contract situation is like, but th- this has to be a huge season for Bobby. Even if you don't beat a number one team in a Kansas, I, I don't necessarily care about that. You have to do well in the Pac-12. The, the best they've ever finished was second in 2018 and 2019, where they were 12-6 and six that year. Uh, they've had one or two other good years since, but otherwise... Bobby Hurley's kind of fallen flat in his face here. Yeah, he just, for and, and to a certain extent, we've almost set him up to fail, where we have built up these skyrocket high expectations, and he's fallen short of them. So to our credit, we're starting to lower the expectations a little bit and remember that this is Arizona State. This is not a blue blood, like top-of-the-line college basketball program. We've put in a handful of guys into the NBA, and we've made a little bit of noise in the March Madness brackets a few different times, but overall, Arizona State has never been known as this championship-caliber team, and I think that when Hurley was really starting to get everything going, that a lot of us, not even just in the state of Arizona, but a lot of the media, too, was starting to hype him up as a guy who should be moving on from Arizona State and going to one of those high-end basketball programs. And he's played himself out of that situation. If there was ever a time for him to jump ship, he should have jumped. Now he's stuck with Arizona State. And it's not it's not a bad thing. He's good for the program. But he definitely needs to get us back into the tournament. That should be the expectation just about every year for a team that's in the Power 5, for the teams in the Pac-12. Say what you want about Pac-12 football. Pac-12 basketball is where it's at. You got Oregon... UCLA, typically U of A, not really recently. Uh, who who else has been pretty good? Was Washington? Washington was good. Yeah, uh, I think 2019, 2020, or at least 2018, 2019, if I remember. So you, you've had your fair shares of, of some pretty studly schools coming out of the Pac-12. But either way, like at least in Bobby Hurley's defense, when you have a guy like Josh Christopher in the last like year, year or so that just jumped ship after their freshman year, like college basketball is difficult when you can have a kid come play for one year and then head out. And that might not even be that kid's best year. Like, when you look at any other sport where the kids maybe tend to get better, like, an example, of Jaden Daniels, who's gotten better every year with his career, when you get young kids like that into your program, and that was a huge signing at the time, or at least a huge recruit uh, in Josh Christopher, um, if you're not continually bringing kids in of that caliber and you don't have all that talent to tap into, that does make his job a, a little bit harder. So I will at least say that in his defense. And when you're losing out to the bigger schools and all the – the potential NBA prospects want to go to those big schools. That does make it tougher on Bobby, but well, and and admittedly, like he, the the Trey Holders and the Remy Martins of the world are few and far in between. Where you have those guys who establish stability Been and longevity forever. with the program, exactly. So he's had a few of those guys, but he hasn't had those superstars because with with the with the NBA or not the NBA, but the NCAA policy. The one and done, which a whole different conversation for another podcast. I am not a fan of one and done. But again, that's neither here nor there. The point is, it's really hard to build stability and it's really hard to build a contender when you're a program like Arizona State that can't reload the way that Kansas does or the way that a North Carolina or a Duke, a Kentucky, a Wisconsin, yeah, the way that those teams consistently reload and just put out championship caliber teams every single year it just it doesn't happen for Arizona State it just doesn't and 
odds are very, very favored against it ever happening. So we just we, we need to set our expectations at a more reasonable level. I believe that we have finally done that. We're no longer expecting a Sweet 16 appearance. We just want to be competitive in the Pac-12, and we want to make the bracket. I feel like that's the bare minimum asking of a coach. I feel like that's a fair expectation for Bobby Hurley, and I feel like anything less than that should have Arizona State seriously reconsidering their head coaching option there. If you disagree with us, add us on Twitter and tell us why you either love Bobby Hurley or it's just time to go. But again, I think this will be his potentially last season before they uh, attempt to move on from him. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. Stick with us for our last segment. We're going to be teasing some draft talk uh, for some potential ASU prospects coming up in this next next year's NFL draft. You're listening to the Locked On Sunnivals podcast. Hey guys, Richie Bradshaw here. And for a few weeks now, we've been talking about sweat block, the wipes that stop sweat for up to seven days. And it feels like people are finally starting to listen. So we have friends of Locked On who have tried Sweatblock and absolutely love it. First story I got here for you guys is a high school teacher who would pit out by the fourth period and they would hear snickers and whispers from the students who were just kind of pointing and laughing at the pit stains that that this person had on their on their shirt. So they started bringing a second shirt to change into between classes. Now you shouldn't have to do that. That's just embarrassing and quite frankly there's there's better ways to handle that, and the best way to handle it is Sweatblock. When he heard about Sweatblock on our program, tried it, he's hooked. No more Snickers, no more second shirt. You guys got to try out Sweatblock. Stop excessive sweating for up to seven days per use. It's doctor created, doctor recommended. Dry shirt guaranteed. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's not just for armpits either. Use it for your chest, your back, your feet, your hands. Use it anywhere, and I mean anywhere that sweats. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKED ON or at Amazon and CVS. We're back with our third and final segment of the Tuesday edition of this Locked On Sunday podcast. Talking about the draft. The draft is months away, not till next April of 2022. But that doesn't mean we can't look at some of the seniors or at least players declaring for the draft on the Sunday's team and talk about potential rounds in which they would go, or at least where we think they're going to be valued in. Richie, I think we talked, it was either on yesterday's podcast or at least later last week. We talked about Jaden Daniels potentially, if he declared, I think it was with the Spencer Rattler talk, so I, I think that makes sense. Yes, it was part of my tin hat conspiracy theory. So, like, tin hat theories aside, if Jaden Daniels were to declare, as of right now, if he were to go, I feel very comfortable about top five rounds, and that's literally five of the seven rounds, so that's almost like a cop-out answer maybe the third, but the third's probably as high as I could see him go right now. That That is as rich as it would get because I'm telling you that his his absolute ceiling, if he came out right now, is Jalen Hurts. And I I don't mean good Jalen Hurts. I mean bad Jalen Hurts. Wait, wait, wait. There's a good Jalen Hurts? Sir, you will not slander Jalen Hurts on my podcast. This is absolutely unacceptable. But anyways, Jalen Hurts wasn't in Arizona State Sun Devil, so, you know, whatever. But with Jaden Daniels, that seems to be best-case scenario is a guy who has a decent little arm, can move around with his legs, extend plays, but isn't exactly going to wow you by any stretch of the imagination. Jaden needs a lot more work. Like there, there has been steady progression, but for him to go from college quarterback to NFL quarterback, there's work that needs to be done. Here, I like this comparison better. He's Tyler Huntley. He is exactly what Tyler Huntley was at Utah for... 
our Pac-12 listeners. So untapped potential? <laughs> no, like solid quality backup. Like Tyler Huntley was good at Utah for what he was, but you didn't win games because of Tyler Huntley. You won games with him, and he he could put up points for you, but he wasn't a guy who was going to win you games by himself. And right now, that's Jaden Daniels. You can't win games solely because of Jaden. He can be a large contributor to your wins, but if you're down five with two minutes to go and no timeouts... Jaden Daniels will get you seven? Seven yards. Oh, okay. <laughs> His scouting report can't say nice little arm like you mentioned earlier, so otherwise that's not going to be a great look for him. No, it just... J- Jaden right now needs work to be an NFL quarterback. Honestly, I think getting drafted would be a huge win for him. He needs to go back, for sure. Couple other guys to highlight for you, Connor. Let's look at the let's look at the the probably the best player and for the, this draft class. Things are gonna change too. Like oh, there's gonna course. be plenty of Sun Devils that are gonna, are gonna get senior bowl invites and a lot. Players that go there, their stock can totally rise or drop. So depending on what we say now, if players go there and we have a, a handful of Sun Devils have a great uh great senior bowl, they could totally up their, their draft stock a potential round or two for all we know. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I'm not slandering Jaden Daniels. You're gonna you're gonna find very few people who love him as much as I do. I'm just saying when it comes to draft stock, he's got a lot to improve on. Someone who doesn't have much to improve on though is Rashad White. Because White is a dude. He's borderline a five tool guy. So he's got prototypical size. He can catch the ball. He can run inside, outside. Brings you special teams prowess and scores touchdowns. The only thing about him is is obviously his position. With the NFL moving to, I, I, you just you see more and more teams have a running back by committee approach, not spending a lot of money and or draft capital on running backs. For Rashad White to get drafted high, that's not going to happen. Like for for Najee Harris to have the season that he did at Alabama and go in the first round, it's becoming more and more unheard of. Rashad White is not Najee Harris. I, I think he's a nice player. He is definitely at least a, a two way player, which you had made a, a five tool comment about him, uh, mostly because of what he does in the return game as well. Dude's going to be good. I really do think he's going to be a good NFL player. Um, whether he's going to be a potential starter, we have no idea what that looks like. But he's going to get on an NFL roster. He's going to make contributions. Um, trying to figure out where he gets drafted is so tough. When Eno Benjamin came out, I if I were the Cardinals, I was looking at him in like the fourth round. And he barely got drafted in seventh. So I, I promise, if I think Rashad White's potentially going to go in the fifth, he's probably going in like the, the late sixth or early seventh. Yeah, it's it's so hard to judge running back value. But here's an interesting question for you. Is Rashad White a running back at the next level? He's 6'2", 210 with good hands. He could be a receiver. Let's flash back a few years ago, DJ Foster. DJ Foster made the transition from running back to receiver because of a plethora of depth at the position for Arizona State, because this was when you had Kalen Balaj and Mario Richard took over that backfield, and Foster being one of the all-time Sun Devils, and there's no debating that. He absolutely is one of the best Sun Devil players ever. He needs to go into Ring of Honor one day. He made that transition because he had the size and he had the receiving prowess. Well, Rashad White is a more refined DJ Foster, and he could potentially make that change. That would be the intriguing thing for me when it comes to his draft stock is he could be a sneaky uh, position change kind of guy. And that that is something that will interest teams. It's, that, happened, it's happened in reverse just even recently. Like in Antonio Gibson from Memphis, he played wide receiver going mm-hmm. into it, and, and they've totally transitioned him in Washington to a, a, a running back. So I'd be, 
I, I don't think it would be unheard of. I think it would probably be easier for him to go play like slot wide receiver somewhere, uh, or at least kind of get his niche somewhere and someone finding use for him. So I, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, so that, that'll be the most intriguing thing when it comes to his draft value, I would tell you. So a, a couple other guys to highlight. We talked about two guys on the offense. Richie, there's several big players on the defense, namely Jack Jones, a guy like Chase Lucas, any of our, our linebackers, uh, potentially Tyler Johnson. Is there a potential name that sticks out where you think this guy's for sure going to be the, the highest defensive player drafted for the Sun Devils? The highest drafted player for the Sun Devils defense is so subjective because they have so many guys. It, it's Tyler down to, to teams that have specific needs, too. Yes. So even if a potential prospect might be better than somebody else, if somebody has a screaming need and they're not totally drafting on best player available, who knows? There are five guys who could get drafted. You've got Tyler Johnson, Merlin Robinson, Darian Butler, Jack Jones, and Chase Lucas. All of them are potential draft guys. I can't sit here and tell you they're definitively going to be drafted because the NFL is so fickle. And it's just like that Eno Benjamin comment. We thought he could be a potential day two guy. He barely got drafted. I don't even like to be a biased fan. Like, seriously, looking at Eno, like, Eno was a stud in college. So, like, Eno was a monster. So the thought of him getting drafted, like, in the potential fourth or fifth round was not some, like, odd situation that I thought was going to happen. He ended up getting drafted by the Cardinals, which I love that pick. Even as a seven-round pick, hasn't necessarily done a whole lot. Uh, Just as a a fan favorite kind of pick. But either way, I I am 100% a a glass-half-empty kind of fan. So looking at Eno as, like, a fourth-round pick, I seriously thought was not. Uh, just this crazy scenario I thought that was going to happen. No, and I mean, it's just, it's so crazy how, how how inconsistent the draft is with what we think as fans. So we try to be subjective. We try not to be too biased or anything. But then we sit here and we look at all this talent and we're like, yeah, no, all five of the guys we mentioned could get drafted, and and at a minimum should be on an NFL roster. I mean, Tyler Johnson, I I, honestly, Connor, I feel like Tyler Johnson is the safest guy to make an NFL roster of those five because teams love pass rushers so much, and Tyler Johnson can kind of flex all over the place. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like he's a first-round talent that you can put all over, but he's definitely a chess piece with an interesting future. We love Darian Butler. I don't know what anyone else outside of Arizona State fans think about Darian Butler. I literally never hear a word about him in draft talks. Merlin Robinson is somebody that people like. I'm interested to see what what the rest of the league ends up thinking about him. And our two corners, for sure, I feel very, very confident they get drafted. I just don't know if they're the first guys drafted, and I don't know where they get drafted. Because with Lucas, you're wondering about the injuries. You're wondering about the upside. He's got the prototypical size. Jack Jones, you know what the upside is, but you know he's small. And small is not really cutting it as much in the NFL anymore. Unless your name is Daryl Green and you're five foot eight, it's very hard to have small, and I mean small, corners have success in the league. I'm not talking 5'10 corners. Jack Jones is 5'10 with heels on. I was like, he's in like 180 pounds or something. Like he's not soaking wet. Like he's not, he's not massive. So. But there's at least plenty of guys that wouldn't surprise me if, if at least one of these guys was a potential defensive starter uh, for at least one team in the next couple of years. It doesn't mean they're a star. Uh, but to, to be a starter in the NFL, I think there's several of these guys that at least have that upside. 
Yeah, absolutely. And before we close this out, I would be remiss if we didn't mention our good friend Donnie Druin's favorite favorite guy on the offense who doesn't get any of the love is Kellen yep. Deesh, the left tackle who is a senior and could be senior bowl eligible. Deesh is a stud. Deesh has been very underappreciated, especially on this podcast, for the work that he's put in this year for the Sun Devils. He's just another guy. So seriously, depending on Jaden Daniels. So just looking at our seniors, you have seven guys. Seven. Because you have a running back, a, ta- a tackle, two linebackers, two DBs, and a D-lineman. That's seven. Jaden Daniels declares. I, we, I think we both. Well, and I didn't back, include so. him. Yeah. No, okay. no, no. No, just the seniors. Those are just the seniors eligible. Seven guys. Are they all going to get drafted? Probably not. How cool would it be if they did? I'm just trying to think the last couple of years. Last year, I think we only had one, which was Frank Darby. Uh, the year before that, I think, was two with Ayuk. And we had our D-linemen. So I think we had two. And the year before that, we had Nikhil. And I'm not sure if anybody... Oh, you know what? Uh, you know. You know, uh, two years ago. So we would have had... Um, we would have had both Brent and I. You can at least, you know, Benjamin get drafted. So there's at least a handful of Sun Devils. Could this be the most we've seen in a while? Uh, an example of like the the over under which he was set uh, of these seven that we're talking. Ronell Wren is uh, that defensive right. tackle I was trying to think of. That's right. That's right. Uh, so if we have seven guys potentially that are, are going to because they're seniors uh, enter the NFL draft, over under is set at on between two numbers here. Uh, over under set at three and a half. Sun Devils, so you take the over. Man, I um, was thinking four and a half, but I feel like that's four and a half was the first one that popped into my head. Three and a half. I I, I would have taken the under. I think on four and a half. Yeah, I I think I'll take the over on on three and a half. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Rashad White, Kellen Deesh, Merlin Robinson, potentially one of our corners, and one of the corners. With and seriously, all seven could get drafted. It is more than likely not going to, but it could. A lot of training camp invites. Some of those guys will sneak through the cracks and, and play somewhere, uh, at least in the summer, you know, a little bit before season. So maybe they'll be able to crack a, a roster spot later on. Well, and the draft process is so long. I mean, you're going to have the East-West Shrine Bowl. You're going to have the Reese's Senior Bowl. You're going to have other All-Star games. You're going to have the Combine, Do, Pro are Days. Are the Combine this year, or is it just Pro Days? I can't remember if they were just making that switch. Oh, I'm that I'm not sure. So, but that, well, I, I don't remember about that. But a lot, lot still left to play. We still have five more games this season and a lot in the off season. But uh, a little bit of fun uh, draft talk, uh, even though we are several months away from that. But a lot of Sun Devils to keep your eyes on. Thank you again for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Make sure to come back for Wednesday's edition of the podcast. We're going to start talking a little bit more about the upcoming game against Washington State, uh, and then also later this week we're going to be bringing on uh, SI's. Uh, son of a host for Donnie Druin. Remember to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrius and find Richie Brads at Richie Brads with a Z36. Follow our Twitter page at LO underscore Sun Devils. Follow us and comment on any of our posts. Uh, interact with us. We'd love to at least talk with some of our listeners and know what you guys think of the podcast. Uh, but now get all of your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast.